Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I think we're going to put this one under the Blue Jay Beat umbrella. Scurry had to Scurry had a party. <laughs> he had he had to get hyped for the for the win tonight, so he's out. I was going to fly solo. We can't do Scurry in the scrub without the Scurry, so we're going to put this under the Blue Jay Beat umbrella. Welcome into the Blue Jay Beat podcast. I'm Matt DeMarinas. I'm here with my guy, former point guard, Marcus Zagorowski. We're here to break down Creighton's 85-58. Honestly, a beatdown over Providence in the Big East Tournament semifinals. The Jays are back in the back in the ship. Uh, yeah, for the 4-0 in Big East Tournament semifinal games, Creighton just wins these things, man. That's what they do. They just get to the championship. They haven't won the championship yet, so tomorrow's another chance for them to do that. But Marcus, I don't know, like before we get into like the how I want to know, like what was your feeling coming into the night's game? Like they only played once. It was a crazy night for Providence. Like they, all they had to do was beat Creighton and they win their first title ever. So, you know, like the emotions that go into that one um, and the challenge that Creighton was walking into, especially being in their first game without Ryan Nemhart after he went down in the St. John's game. Um, how did you feel about this game going to the, the second matchup here at MSG? He felt pretty good. Like, I just the way they play versus Marquette, you know, I thought, you know, I, I just, I, it's, it, it's kind of easier, like, to expect, you know, like what's coming from them now. I feel like throughout the season, it was like, like you never know what to expect type of thing. And then, um, and for, just for this game, you know, even the way Providence played versus Butler, you know, they didn't look too good. I didn't watch it, but I just, I kind of saw like the, the replays of it and, um, they just didn't, you know, look look as good. And also, like, you know, when you're number one seed, there's different pressure there. You know, you got to – you know, you're expected to win. And, you know, I feel like Crane was playing with house money. You know, they I feel like they already earned a tournament bid. So, right now they're just playing for a higher seed. And it's like – but um, they play with house money now. So, it's like, you know, they just go out and hoop and um, no pressure. So, and clearly they showed that tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with, like – because it played out exactly how you would set it up right there. I mean, Creighton did look like the loser team. I think maybe that surprised me a little bit because I thought Providence was going to come in here with a bit of a hunter's mentality because they kind of got disrespected uh, throughout the season. You know, they didn't have to play their rematches with UConn, Seton Hall, or Creighton, and a lot of people kind of gave them flack for that and thought that their their championship was, you know, a little bit hollow in that regard because Villanova swept them and they just didn't play as many games. But I thought Providence was going to come in with an edge uh, something to prove tonight. And I, I was really surprised at just how quickly the game got out of their control. Normally they've been a team that's handled adversity really well this year. I mean, they've, it's not like they're always, they're not a front running group, you know, they've been down in many games and they've come back and, and been able to, you know, put pressure on teams, but you know, the way Creighton ended the first half, I mean, just everything in sync, defense, offense, everything was flowing together. And then you start the second half with back-to-back shot clock violations on for Creighton. Like, you could see that they were still locked in, right? And then they start scoring off of that. Oh, and then they start scoring off of that. And then Ed Cooley starts burning through his timeouts. And he's got – all of a sudden, we're not even at the under-16 left. And he's got none of these things left. And it's like, oh, they're, they're in full-on panic mode now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He called a timeout. And then Creighton got a stop and a score, and he called another one. And it's like, okay, that's like a sign right there that this isn't just – this isn't just like Creighton's 
hot right now. Like Providence, there's nothing wrong with Providence. You know what I mean? Like it's getting to him. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> that wasn't the smartest thing. That's, yeah, I mean, that's I just, a crazy message to send to your players, right? Like it's panic time when you're doing that, isn't it? Yeah, definitely panic time. But I feel like that definitely showed on the court for the players. It kind of rubbed off of him. But um, yeah, it's crazy. Like thinking about last year when, when we played Georgetown, it was just like a we just like it was just wasn't wasn't one of the games. And I feel like the world full circle. Like Providence, I think had one of those, and and we we were on the good side of that one tonight. So. It's how the world works sometimes. <laughs> right. Yeah, sometimes it's just your night. I thought, you know, one of the keys tonight, I thought, I mean, obviously Arthur and Alex getting going offensively when, you know, Hawk had a tough challenge tonight trying to score against Justin Manaya, who's one of the best perimeter defenders, if not the best perimeter defender in the Big East. So he was going to have a tough night no matter what. So for Alex and, uh, you know, Arthur to get going offensively, that probably took some pressure off Creighton. But I thought, like, I thought it started and ended with the way Ryan Cockwood was defending at the rim. I mean, Providence was getting nothing easy, and they were trying to get down there. You know what I mean? They were trying to draw fouls. They were trying to get in the paint um, to get that floater game, to get to the rim. And it just wasn't coming. Like, he was he was turning everything away. I think they were like – what were they? They were one for three, one for – Damn, five, seven. They were one for eight. Yeah, they were one for eight against Hawkwinter in the first half. And it, like Watson, everybody, anybody that took a shot, like one for eight. Like they could not get anything on him. Like that's how stone cold he was um, defensively. So I don't know. I don't know if that demoralized them a little bit. They felt like, man, offense isn't going to come easy tonight. And then when Creighton started rolling – like when, when O'Connell and Kaluma started rolling, then you're realizing like, wait, so Hawks, their main dude, and he's not even going off and we're still getting buried. Like, this is a problem here. You feel like some of that was starting to bleed into their, <laughs> their heads a little bit. Like these aren't even their best dudes and we're getting cooked right now. Like how this isn't going our way. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, I think, you know, it starts in the defensive end with them. Like they just, once, once, once they make things tough for the offense, it's like, it's, it's free flowing, you know, like, Especially when, when you know, Trey's hitting. Arthur had it a really good first half. A.O. was hitting shots. It's like, like, there's not much you can do. Like, like it's not like you're going to, you know, usually when guys hit shots, like, you want to get down to the rim and slow the game down a little bit. But, like, Ryan's down there. He's making everything tough. It's like, what do you do? You, 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 you continue taking those tough twos and continue, you know, or just pull up, like, those threes, pull up threes, or you, or you, or you try and get to the rim, draw fouls. But I think Cogway does such a good job down there of, Changing, changing the, changing the game without fouling, and it's just, it's, it's, it's just frustrating. That's why, like, like that drop coverage, it's, it's so. That's why guys make, make millions in NBA because they can hit yeah. that mid range shot. You know, that's, right. that's, it just, it, like, today was a prime example of that. You know, because that's how everyone plays in the NBA. Are you surprised at the lack of love Creighton's defense gets? Like, I, we, we're two games into the Big East tournament now, and I'm pretty sure none of the broadcasters have mentioned that Kalkbender is the DPOI. And no one has mentioned that Creighton's defense is the best in the league when you look at the analytics and the numbers. It just feels, you know, like even last game, it was like, yeah, Marquette's really struggling offensively. They're turning the ball over. They're not getting good shots. And then today it was like Providence is just like, yeah, man, they're just not getting good shots. And, like, they're just not running good stuff. And it's like, hello, there's a reason for that, you know? Like, this is the best defense. 
the best defense in the Big East. Like it's been the best defense in the Big East the whole time too. It's not an accident. Like they have been. Yeah. Creighton's mm-hmm. offense hasn't been that good this year. It hasn't been, from their normal standards. It hasn't been an efficient offense. Like they're they're as good as they are as they are, and they're in position to make the tournament again because of their defense. And it doesn't get any love on these broadcasts. Why? Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it to be honest. I think like maybe because we're out out in Nebraska, or it's not like a you haven't won a Big East championship yet. But um, I don't know, man. I really don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I keep bringing, yeah. I keep bringing people into it, but it drives me crazy. I just think like just in the past, the offensive power, like just in the past, yeah. like they just they feel like it's offense, but no, like that's what's cool about this team. It's like they're winning a different way, and it starts on the defensive end. It's, it's really cool to see. Well, because it's funny too when you look at a game like tonight. Just look at a game like tonight. Um. They buried Providence because they played well offensively. It, like, was in sync with their defense. But their defense has yeah. always played mm-hmm. like that. So, like, you know, it's, it's yeah. you look at past seasons, like, Creighton's played at the level they played tonight. They've played at that level offensively for, you know, the majority of their games going back, you know, all these years. But not every game turns into a blowout like that. Only games that turn into a blowout like that was when the defense was in sync. But their defense is what started the whole thing tonight, you know? Yep. Checking the rim, keeping Providence off the free throw line. I think they shot maybe, you know, how will they shoot free throws tonight? How many shoot? <laughs> I mean, they shot 22, but most of those were coming in the second half when they started getting really aggressive downhill. But yeah, that's, uh, I mean, the game was over. Yeah, like that was that was when it was a wrap, you know? Like, I mean, they were three for 24 yeah, from three. They were 17. They just had no, they had 17 no of 41. They were 17 of 41 inside the arc. Like, how many shots did they have blocked? They had seven shots blocked tonight. Providence did. Yeah. And they, and they blocked none of Creighton. So it was zero to seven in, in terms of shots blocked. Like, that's crazy, right? Like, that defense deserves some yeah. – I just want to hear – I don't care how the game goes tomorrow. I just want to hear some love for the D tomorrow because it doesn't get enough of it. And, like, Kaufmanner is having a hell of a sophomore season. And yeah. like, these broadcasts, like – Especially when you're on FS1, they're like they're they're like kind of like infomercials, you know. You got to like talk about these teams, otherwise, you know, stop talking about Doug. Yeah, and I mean, I'll, Rocky. Like I, I love Doug and Ethan, but that was like a decade ago, you know. There's been like a decent amount of hoopers have come through Omaha since then, you know. Like you can update, yeah. you can update your syllabus a little bit. Yeah, some of the some of the comparisons. Um, I think they said AO reminds him of Tyler Harrow or something today. <laughs> I really did. Yeah, that's right. Tyler, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I, they can both shoot, yeah, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> wild, dude. What uh, does uh, I mean, you you played with Kaufmaner last year. Like, um, did you think he'd be this good at this point in his career? Like, did you see any of it coming? Uh, I thought he'd be really. Good. I thought I thought he was gonna have a big sophomore year. I didn't think he was gonna be this good defensively. I mean, I knew. I know he's a hard worker. Like he and he cares. He really does care. I remember like he had a lot of he was really hard on himself his freshman year. And you know, that when you when you see freshmen that are really hard on himself, you know, obviously you don't want to be like that, but it, that shows, you know, I remember I remember the freshman who was really hard on himself. Yeah, something something's good gonna come out of that, you know. You yeah. it means you can, it means you you're gonna do whatever it takes, you know, you're gonna put the work in. I remember I, I like I would be in the gym last year after games and he'd be there, he'd be there working and uh so I knew like I've seen the hours that he put in, maybe my even last year, and I knew 
Um, it wasn't going to hit that freshman year because, I mean, just his role and just so new to college basketball. And I, but honestly, like, he's not even scratching the surface. You know, he's still – I mean, honestly, he should be talked about nationally for, for like, defensively. Like, I don't know why he's not – like, not even just the biggies. I'm talking about nationally. Like, yeah, he's yeah. not going to have the most – he's not, like, the coolest guy on the floor. Like, he's not going to be – but, I mean, each if, – if he was on Duke, he'd be, he'd be in there nationally. It's just, I don't know. Mm. It's not, it's just, this is something I know you can speak to because it became a big part of, like, your second half of your career surge at Creighton was that positive self-talk on the floor and just kind of, like – you know, mm-hmm. psyching yourself through the ebbs and flows of the game, you know, and just staying locked in. Mm-hmm. Because Kalkbender talked about that this year. Like, he he was a guy who would get really hard on himself and have a lot of negative energy after after bad plays. And at mm-hmm. some point, at some point early this year, it kind of clicked with him. Like, you know, Jalen Courtney Williams talked to him about it a lot, the new assistant coach, and, like, he just kind of, like, learned how to – he um you know, learned how to really do that positive self-talk in games and help himself and in practices whenever mm-hmm. something go bad, how to, how to like reset and, and get yourself right mm-hmm. for the next play. Like, how does that come to you where, where you've been su- you've been your harshest critic for so long and now you have to learn how to be, you know, your biggest supporter and to get yourself ready for the next play and not let it, you know, kind of snowball on you. Yeah. I mean, it just comes with, um, it's a skill you gotta you gotta work on every single day. It's just like a basket, like a physical skill, like working on your jump shot. Like you gotta work on. Uh, you, you, obviously, your mind is gonna you can you can make a bad play. Your mind's gonna focus on that bad play because you made a mistake, and that's life. That's that's human nature. But the key is to just you know remind yourself, you know, like just just it's it's important to like re- rewire that thinking process. You just reassess and be like, you know what, made a mistake. You know, let's move on. Can't change it now and uh just have a sense of calm to it. And um, you know, I can tell Ryan is, has has um has done that. You know, you can see throughout the game he gets a little frustrated and boom, he kind of snapped himself out of it. And, you know, last year if he got in if he got in that mode, he couldn't get himself out of it because uh, he just didn't know any better. You know, a lot of people just don't know um what it is. So it's 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 good to see that um he's doing that and um I think it really matters, you know, that that positive self that like I know it's a big thing at the next level and um because a lot of at this level, you know, you're gonna make you're gonna make a lot of mistakes, and you're you're gonna have rough times mentally. So it's key to stay positive, and um, and it's showing off right now at the right time. You know, something you said earlier in this uh, in this podcast stuck with me a little bit. I wanted to touch on it. You know, you talked about like the guys kind of knowing who they are at this point, right? Like, cause you're, you know, you, you've lost Nemhard, you don't have Sharif, um. You know, your bench is really thin, but you know who's going to be doing what out there. You know what I mean? Like, Trey's your one. You know, Hawk's your leader. AO is your two-way guy. Arthur is your energy dude. And um, and then Cockburner is your, your defensive anchor. You know, like, everybody's kind of got their roles solidified. Mm-hmm. How much of a yeah, deal is yeah. – how, how big of a deal is that? To, to, especially when you're playing these types of games, when you go into it facing teams that you just know inside and out and they know you inside and out, just in terms of creating a level of comfort – that you don't have to worry about like who's doing what out there. You kind of know who what all five guys are responsible for. Yeah, you know, it brings a sense of like, like I don't have to do this all by myself attitude. You know, you, you know, I'm gonna do this, this, and um, you know, someone else is gonna do this and this, and then if if we all just do our part, you know, that that gives our best chance to win. You, and you can just see that, you know, even when I, 
I mean, I, I, I went to the Marquette game and I went into the locker room after and I was just, I could just see the locker room, you know, guys, they, they really don't care. They, they don't care about who scores and um, who makes the plays and who does what. They just want to win and it shows, you know, they really care about each other. And um, that, That's testament to Coach Matt, you know, he just, that's the, that's the culture then. It was there when I was there and it's just, it is really cool to see, even when even when guys go down, you know, it's, you know, guys, they they, they all naturally know, you know, what they need to do more of. And, um, like, when, when Nemhar went down, Trey, his role got bigger, and um, he, he looked like he was really, he was ready for it. And, um, it's cool. It's 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 only going to help them further further down the line once Ryan gets back, because you know, you know, they they're they're in they're in a lot of uncomfortable situations right now that they that they have never been in, and so when when like just in like a year from now they're gonna be like yeah like I've been here before so it's like it is it is crazy to see out like the like the jump they made from the first game to this game like yeah. it's crazy like I've never I, I, for a crazy team I haven't seen that like I haven't seen, just like, in, individually and as a group you know, they, they from, made yeah inside one season like, right yeah 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 it's that's it's I, ridiculous. That's what, I wanted to, that's what I wanted to ask you next like Point blank, flat out. They're they're twenty two and ten now. I think is what their record is. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty two and ten. They were twelve and seven in the Big East. Like, you know, we're pretty much jockeying yeah, with UConn. In the Big East. Yeah, we're, they were jockeying with UConn for third or fourth place the whole time. Like, you know, they just uh, got fourth with the loss to Seton Hall at the end of the year. Um, and now they're like they're pretty much a lock for the NCAA tournament, right? Like you know they're not going to get a high seed. Yeah, hundred percent. You guys last year, but they're in. Like there, it's not. There's not a concern about that. And then here they are now in the Big East tournament championship again. Like after they lost all five starters and didn't they didn't lose just all five starters. They lost all five starters and your sixth man in Sharif. You know what I mean? Hawkbender basically yeah. lost your seventh man off the bench, wasn't he? So that's your that's that's like the most experienced dude you have from last year's team back is the seventh man. And here they are in yep. the championship again in the Big East tournament, 22 and 10, a lock for the tourney. Like, did, how surprising is this to you? Just flat out, like, based on what you thought day one, what this team could do. Yeah, honestly, like, I can't say I'm, I'm surprised because, you know, I know. It's crazy, though, right? Good. Isn't it? No, it's I didn't, crazy, though. I'm, I'll be all, yeah, I'll be, I am surprised. Like, if, I, if they were to, I mean, I don't care who you are. Like, you can bring in the, the best freshman in the country. Right. It's it's hard to win at in college. It really is, and it's just it just shows that you know the work that they put in from starting in June. Like they must have been grinding. <laughs> no, nah, but it is. I mean, Coach Mac. You know, you got to give credit. I think he's Big East Coach of the Year. Honestly, like mm-hmm. you know, you 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 lose all five starters, and you and you bring back that inexperience, and you play a lot of freshmen, and you you're in the Big East championship, and you're you're in the tournament lot, like. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, you got to – this has got to be Coach McDermott's best coaching job. It has to be. Like, that's just – Yeah, for sure. It's incredible. No. It's incredible. There's, no, there's not yeah. even a question about it. Yeah, 100%. Incre- like, the, like, the jump state that the players, man, I mean, the player development, you know, it's it's awesome. You know, like, I, I just I, – you got to give credit when credit is due. And the coaching staff and that, uh, Jeremy and all of them, even um, most important, the players, you know, they, they put the work in. You know, I, when I went up there, they was all getting extra shy. I had to tell them, I was like, you guys got to be easy. You guys only have like seven, eight guys. You guys got to <laughs> slow it down. From, I, I, trust me, I learned from experience. Slow it down and save those legs for, you know, March. And um, it's just really awesome. It's just so cool to see them. I mean, they're going to be really good. Like, 
Like those freshmen are talented, man. Ryan, like they're really good. Like, plus you got to give credit, Ryan Hawkins, man. Like, like you, he's just a winner. You just, he just, you can just feel it. Like, you, like he doesn't got to say anything. You can just feel it come. Like you just, he brings such a like calm to the team, and it's just like he knows what to do. He gets the job done for him, and he helps. Our, he, he makes sure everyone else around him is like knows what they're doing, and is you know is feeling good about themselves and um. Win or lose, he's, he's the same guy. You know, he's playing well. He's not playing well. He's the same same guy, same face. So you can just tell, like, I mean, I couldn't think of a better player to transfer in for a team at the right time other than Ryan Hawkins for Crane, honestly. Yeah, 100%. How about the how about the robe game at uh, breakfast this morning? Wait, what'd you say? Oh, uh, I, I did see that, the robe. Yeah, <laughs> see, like, exactly. Like, that's how he plays. Like, he's just like, man, like. I'm gonna enjoy myself. I'm gonna be me, and I'm gonna make shots. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dribble right, spin move, and I'm gonna <laughs> float that shit in. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna let me just ask you one more flat out, like before we, I'm gonna jump into questions here from the fans real quick. Uh, but uh, what's the game plan tonight? Like, what's the what are the keys? Because I mean. Again, they got a short bench, like, and they're going to be no matter who they face tomorrow. Whoever gets through tonight, going over UConn, they're going to be facing a killer. If they face Nova. Yeah. If they face Nova. It's the team that like has been the championship, like that just you know wakes up and hangs banners. And if it's UConn, yep. it's the team they've they're five and zero against, and they'll be like yep. to play them and motivated and things like that. And the crowd will be one hundred percent against the Jays if that's the case too. So. Um, like, what are the keys for Creighton just getting as prepared as they possibly can be for before tip off tomorrow? Like, how much can they do? What's what's necessary? Yeah, I mean, just you know, I feel like they know. I mean, the Nova scout won't be that hard. You know, they don't really have not that many sets. They just just stay down on shot pace and you know don't help too much. You know, you got to go one on one. You got to, and in, in which they'll be good at. Like Ryan will be down there, and um, oh. In the UConn, like five and zero against them, I know. I know it's hard to beat a team six times, but you lose five times to a team, you're, you're thinking like, "Dang, can we can we beat this team?" Like mm-hmm. mentally, you're like, "Man, can we?" And then, uh, so I'm honestly like, if I'm crying. I'm feeling good right now. I'm like, you know, whoever we play, you know, if we if we just if we just do us, like, I'm I'm feeling good going into the game. You know, we played first, now we get more rest. You know, you know, UConn, Villanova, it's gonna be a dog fight tonight. So I'm like, you know, like um. I'm feeling good right now. Like it reminds me like last year we played UConn and then it was a, it was a tough game. Like we were dead. I, I remember after the game, Hurley came up to us. He was like, "Man, like that was that felt like that that felt like the championship game. Like just the level of um just the just the level of it, you know, and how tired we were after the game. So I think go, even going to Georgetown, we were a little flat. But um, Crane got some rest. You know, they didn't play the whole game. And um, if I'm if I'm them, I'm feeling good. You know, watch watch a little film, rest up." And you know, going to chip like I'm not where I don't I don't care who who I play like Villanova or UConn I'm feeling good like honestly. Hmm. Yeah, it is going to be interesting because Creighton is three and one against those teams this year. Like they probably have a reason to be confident more so than they yeah. were tonight probably even. You yeah, know? be confident. Yeah, hell yeah. Like going thinking like we're a favorite. I don't care about the seat. I don't care about the history of of these teams. Like there's a, there's a new sheriff in town type type attitude. Honestly, yo, real talk. <laughs> Like you, settle down, settle down. He's, <laughs> he's chopping at the bit tomorrow. <laughs> about to I'm tired of disrespect. You want yeah, to put wait. that 11, You want to ask Ryan, can I borrow that 11 jersey real quick? Let me go hit some. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> uh, 
All right, let's uh, let's jump into questions real quick. See what we got here. Um, Adam Hester wants to know: uh, Should we throw the round of sixty-four games? So, oh my god! So NBA scouts don't get an extra chance to watch Kaluma and Kaufman. I know their maturity date ETA is twenty twenty-three at the earliest, but I'm getting nervous. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I think Kaluma was on some NBA draft radars, maybe a little bit before this season started, like, cause he played really well at an international level. I don't know how many yeah. NBA scouts thought Kalkliner was going to be like talked about as much this year. You know what I mean? And I honestly don't even know. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to test the waters this year. I think he's going to wait one, but yeah, like he's got to be in that conversation now, like you said earlier, right. Just because of the season. He's yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I probably don't think he'll do it either. I mean, I mean they're both definitely prospects for sure. Down the line, hundred percent, hundred percent. They have a couple guys there. They traded also is and um yeah. I mean that's good though for a fan to um watch Crane and have have players you know on NBA. Right? That's that means your guys are good. That means you guys. That's right. Like, that's right. We'll, we'll you, want, that's the pro- you want that problem, don't you? Like. Yeah, that's yeah, a, it that's means, a, it means they won't be in Omaha all. as long, but it also means your teams are going to be fun to watch, right? Yeah, and, and and that brings recruits, and that brings you know even better programs on the line. Like that's just, I think it's really that means your players are really good. You know, that's that's all it means, and it means you guys should um, enjoy watching the games and expect expect success. You know, that's honestly, but you know those guys, I I doubt they're even thinking about that right now. They're, they want to, they they just want to play basketball. You can tell, like they just want to hoop, man. They don't. Like I think Coach Max said, like they don't even know what's going on right now. They, they don't, they right? <laughs> it's kind of funny, like yeah, like because that's how I was when I was a freshman. Like when I was yeah. turning, I was like, I don't even know what's going on. I see big lights. I see, I see lights crack. I see lights all over me. I'm like, what? <laughs> so it's just funny thinking back on it. But yeah, like they don't, they don't. I mean, obviously you're thinking about it, but they don't. That that doesn't really cross their mind. They're, they're, right now they're worried about who they're. What who, who they got to hit back saying congratulations on their phone and they got to delete the man for a few hours and then they got to go win the game tomorrow. That's, that's what they're thinking about. Exactly. Um, our next question is, uh, what was what was AOC like? Like, dude has a ton of attitude, whether it's waving bye-bye to opposing teams, mean mugging after a monster slam or staring down the opponent, opposing bench after a three. Dude has a lot of attitude. Like, what was he, what was he like to, as a teammate in the locker room and practice and games? Real, real, real awesome teammate. Like, that's my guy. Ao's a real good dude. Um, I think he's just like swagger. Like he's yes, white. That's got got stupid bounce. He got leg leg tattoo. Like he just swag. Like I mean, that's what it is. He he wears it on him on his sleeve, and he just um he's just he's not gonna be anybody else. He's gonna be himself, and um he can clearly see that on the court. You know he he stays in his lane on the court. He makes make shots, make plays, and guard. I mean that's. I think he's made a big jump on that. Like you should, you guys would be surprised. Like the like, I mean, you 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 know, like the, the jump he made from yeah. first coming in to now. Like, um, he admits it. You know, like coming here was the best decision he's made. You know, not just for himself' well being, but for his game. Like he's learned so much under Coach Mack, and he's becoming like a great defender. Like he had, he wasn't a. I'm not gonna say he was a bad defender, but he just didn't really play defense like at Duke you had he said he even said he goes I had Zion back there blocking everything I had like yeah picks on my team like exactly. covering up all my mistakes so I didn't really have to play defense like that so coming here like he really learned how to 
you know, play team defense and knowing the scout and, you know, knowing how to think the game. And so, um, but he's been, he's been awesome. You know, he's a huge part of the section. He's going to have to come up big tomorrow. They want to win. Yeah. I think like his confidence is the biggest thing for me. I'm surprised at how quick it came. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he had always like a level of belief in his own skill set, but you know, there's just, I can't yeah. imagine there's just like, when you come to a new squad and then last year he wasn't really uh you know, a featured guy because you had the whole starting squad like set. You know, everybody kind of knew had defined roles already when he was jumping in. And honestly, before he got that waiver, he probably wasn't even thinking about playing last year. So I'm surprised yeah, how much his confidence, probably... his confidence as a two way guy has grown. Because like you said, there were hurdles like in terms of figuring out his 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 job defensively on a nightly basis. That's a tough assignment when you have like the main guy that's getting most of the actions run for him. You got to be like really locked in mentally and then for his offense to kind of come along with that too. And for him to be, you know, you know, a top option that a top scoring option too. That's a lot of responsibilities for a guy who hasn't ever had that many responsibilities on his plate before. And at this level of the game too, that can be kind of intimidating. So I think I'm, I think the thing that's most impressive about it is his confidence that he goes about his business, you know, with like that, like that attitude that the questioner was talking about. That's 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 really impressive. That's not easy. You can like you can like fake that when you're playing like those you know buy games early in the season. You know what I mean? Because you because that's not teams that are on your level. But like when you're yeah, 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 when you're playing like Big East squads and like Iowa State and like teams like that, like you can't fake that stuff because it'll it'll show. You know what I mean? They eat that alive if it's fake. Hundred percent. I'm surprised. I think that's the most impressive part is his confidence through all of that against the you know the toughest the toughest assignments he's had his whole career, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, next question is, what makes Jeremy Anderson a good athletic trainer? How much time do we have? <laughs> yeah, for, for real. I mean, honestly, like, I don't even – like, yeah, he's an athletic trainer, but he's, I think he's a lot more to great into than that. Like, that, that dude, like – like, he preaches culture. Like, that dude is, like, high level when it comes to, like, knowing how to – navigate like a good program obviously he's not coach maggie's not the coach he's not the top dog out there but uh like he really if you you got to be on time you got to eat your breakfast you got to go to class like he's on he's on you about all that like trust me like i've seen players get on that bike if you late if you late to class you gotta ride that bike <laughs> so it's like and that bike is nothing to mess with i don't know if you should ask reap about that bike when you have, <laughs> you have time <laughs> but um but yeah, honestly, as I play the trainer, that dude is like, um, so high level. Like he knows exactly, um, what you need to do to take care of your body. You know, every every player is individualized. You know what you need to work on individually. You know what are your needs. He's he's hands on. He wants to. He he cares about you. He wants to make sure you're as fresh as possible for the game. You know he he's in charge of practice. You know he takes over Coach Mac. Um, he's, he's really like, he took it, he took over like the lows and how much we can do in a certain practice. You know, sometimes coaches mad about it, but, uh, you know, it's, just, it's, it's, it's what's best for the team. And, um, but yeah, he's awesome, man. He really, really is like awesome. Like he helped me a lot of my career, honestly, like without him, I don't know if I'm here today. Real talk. Like that's how good he was. Like, yeah, for real. Like he really, it is, it is surprising. Really how me come back trust him. Like it, I think that's, that surprises me. Cause Mac used to kind of yeah. be. His own, you know, he'd be like, do his own thing. Like, he'd just practice through it, whatever, get him ready. Yeah, but I'm thinking about Jeremy. Like, he, I know, does he tell him, but he provides, like, 
you know Max a big analytical guy. He loves stats. Yeah. He loves statistics. 100%. He, like, he, wants, 100%. he wants percentages. So like Ajami provides that. You know, we wear we wear connect we, we wear connects on chips. You know, we wear I wear it now. And, like it's a big thing in NBA now. And um, yeah. I mean, it just it shows you know what your load should be at, and it, it's. I don't know. It's confusing to me when you look at it, but Jeremy, it's it's light work for him, you know. So you you, you can tell like now like the players, you know, the song to play the best basketball in March and April. And I feel like last year and the year before we 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 played our best basketball yeah. in March. And it, I got you got to give credit to what credit's doing. That's Jeremy and uh, and Ben. You know, you gotta. It, it's it starts in September. You know, we were smart about it then, so we can play now. Like that's how that's how that's how it is, and uh, it's only gonna get better. Yeah, man. It's I mean, this is three straight seasons where the Jays have looked like this in March. And like before that, I mean, you know how hurt you were at the end of your freshman year, like how how much I don't, remember you said you couldn't even like sit out on the bench because everything would lock up. Like you'd have to like stay stretched and yeah, stuff. Right? My you know, head was messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So you like you know how yeah. that feels when you're in March and it's like these games matter so much, but your body is just killing you and you don't even know how you yeah, can like, fight for it. Yeah, so. Yeah, I was, yeah, exactly. I was playing 40 minutes in March and I was feeling good. Like, other teams was walking, don't, don't, don't I was walking the ball up. He was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> That's true. That's funny. Uh, next question. Um, with this being a contract here for Mac, does AD Marcus give him a blank check before they – get back to the hotel tonight or you wait to put it on desk in Omaha? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, honestly, after the night, I would just, like, text Father Henderson, like, in you know, ellipses and, like, just nothing else. If I were Mac, I'd be like, yo, that's exactly what else yeah. you want. You know what I mean? I just house is the champs. We're in the, we're in the championship again. What do you want from me? Like, yeah. Crazy yeah. got to get those numbers right. Just give him whatever he's asking for. Like, don't mess with yeah. the thing. Like, yeah, exactly. you're, not, you're not gonna find you're not gonna find a better coach. Like, don't mess with Happy, all that stuff. Like, just get him locked up, yeah. get him right, and let's let's get on with this. Yeah, you got right. Yeah, exactly. You don't you don't no need to worry. I don't even the coach ain't worried about that right now. He's worried about tomorrow, man. You know, he's locked. He probably watch the film right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, next question. I don't know about you guys, but I'm hoping we play Nova and not UConn. I think we just match up better with Nova. Curious on your thoughts. Yeah, you want to go for some? I don't know. I mean, I think I honestly, I really like I said before, like as a as a former player and as a guy that watches them, I I don't, I wouldn't pick a team who I'd rather play against because it's like they're both really good teams. They're both you know they're, they're two of the top teams. Two of the top. I think they're. I think they're both better than Providence. I, I think that. So I think they're two of the top. It's it's dumb and Crane as the top three teams. So I feel like it really doesn't matter. But um, I I I just think it, it matters how Crane plays. You know, if they guard up, make shots, and play the way they play, you know, I feel like they can beat both of them. I I, I don't. Obviously, I think the Villanova scout that that is easier. Like you can, they don't run as many sets, and they don't pick a full court. They make. They won't make it. I mean, they make it harder, harder on on the ball handlers and build over wood. So that's the only reason. But um, you know, it's it's also you know Villanova. You know, it's Villanova in the oh, biggest yeah. in the biggest table. They're 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 established. You know, they're Jay Wright's always going to be favored in in those situations. You know, he's going to get the calls. You know that. <laughs> so, uh, um, uh, but I, honestly, I'm not too worried about who who would I rather play. I really don't. 
as a, as I, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of like the same hurdle, isn't it? Because I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like UConn's UConn acts like they're Nova, and Nova is Nova. So you know, I mean, I don't even think from a mental yeah, standpoint, exactly. Yeah. From a mental yeah, standpoint, think, I don't even know. UConn thinks it's still the time when Kemba was here. Like man, that's was, right. Yeah, years that's ago, right. my boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna twist this. Yeah. <laughs> don't let Hurley see. Don't let Hurley. Don't let Hurley hear this. <laughs> I don't think he listens to this podcast. You do. You're straight. Um, no, nah, we're good. He good coach. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't like know. Him. Like it's the thing with Nova is you know there's just so much like championship DNA in those dudes. You know what I mean? They live for that stuff. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, right. As you talked about earlier, like when UConn's coming into this matchup, if it's, if it's UConn, they're zero five against Creighton now. That might be like a mental block at some point. Like, oh my god, we yeah, I told this, you this team. This team beat us three times last year. What were you saying? Go ahead. Did you hear me? Yeah, what did you say? Go ahead. Oh, I just said, like, yeah, like, if, if I'm if I lose to the team five times in a row, I'm like, whoa, like, you start to the rethink, like, can we beat this team? Like, you, you just have these certain, you just have those thoughts, like, wow, we got to, yeah. like, like should I play different? Like, players will do that, like, oh, should I, like, play different way? Like, should we guard them a different? Like, you know, what's, like, honestly, like, what, and you know, it's, like, you know what to expect from them, from uh, from UConn. You know they're gonna play tall. They're gonna guard. They're gonna pick up full court. Like UConn doesn't know what to. Expect. It could be like it's this. This team's new. Like mm-hmm. like they're they're freshmen. They're 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 transfers. Like they just in a moment like this. You know I'm going with the team that you know isn't as known. I guess does that make sense? Like yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like a lot of the UConn players were here. Were there last year? Like this team is, it's 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 a newer group. Like they're 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 obviously inexperienced, but UConn doesn't know them as well. Yeah, I just know how much tomorrow would mean to UConn. It would be, yeah, I know, I know. It would be crazy. Like <sighs> that's tough because like I'm telling you, know, you this, this, this team is going to be straight. I think Villanova is the better team and the better program. Like, I don't think it's close, okay? So, let's just say that. So, from that mm-hmm. aspect, Creighton's got a challenge there because Villanova wakes up and they, like, can forget about how many titles they've won. You know what I mean? But tomorrow, if UConn gets through Nova again and beats him for the second time this year and they get to tomorrow and you're telling UConn, the team that basically said, it's coming, get us now, all that bravado, you know what I mean, that they get to play for a Big East championship in a full, like, Madison Square Garden, no fan restrictions, no nothing. Like, their people get to come out, and it's a rocking place. Like, welcome back, UConn, you know what I mean? And on top of it, you get to play a Creighton team that is 5-0 and against you. Like, I don't think yeah. UConn could get their blood boiling anymore for that one, you know what I mean? They'd be hyped through the roof for that. So, like, either way, yeah, I Creighton's got a mountain to climb tomorrow because they're going to get the best program in the country – for the last what five years, right? Or mm-hmm. they're gonna get the hungriest program in the country over the last two years that wants to prove that their supremacy is back, that they're the big east champs again, like here we are, we're here to stay, that kind of thing, that kind of mentality. So either way, I don't even know. Like from a matchup standpoint, I think it's tough. It's tough for a different reason with UConn, but also Nova is the most disciplined team that you'll face 
in a given year every single time. So you got to be like really sharp mentally. So on a third day, that's a tough matchup regardless. So honestly, flip a coin. Like, yeah. There's too many challenges yeah, exactly. to figure out like a favorable matchup here. Like I think it's going to be tough either way. But I am telling you, like these teams are going to beat each other up tonight. Watch. It's going to be a tough game down the stretch. It's possible to go OT. Like mm-hmm. it's going to move. And they're both not deep. They both have seven guys as well. Like, yeah. I'm telling like I'm telling you, they got play. plus the way UConn plays, like if say they say they squeeze this one out, they're gonna be that full court press they ain't, it's not gonna feel like the usual UConn full court press. They're gonna be a little tired, I'm telling you. Right. I mean that's they got tired in the last matchup with Creighton. Like Creighton wore them out, like yeah. Trey was just yeah, taking his time bringing the ball out up and letting RJ Cole wear himself out guarding him in the last like that's five when Jeremy minutes. comes into play. Like Jeremy comes into play, mom. Yeah. His legs feel there you go. right. <laughs> you, like, that's okay. You can have the first thirty-five. Jeremy Anderson's coming for those last five. You guys got to get ready. Yeah, like all that press not scaring nobody. Like we we good. Like you getting tired too? Don't get it twisted. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like Nate Diaz in the good. first round against Conor McGregor. It's like it's all right. You're gonna wear it down. I'll be there too. I'll be there too. Yeah, the first fight though. The first fight though. First fight, not second fight. <laughs> Both fights. Connor's gas. Oh, sir. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Round, a, well, we gotta, we gotta stop. I'm gonna do a fight over here. Uh, <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, Podcast 35. might go two more hours if we talk about that fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, these guys aren't even talking about Creighton anymore. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, Thirty-five to five run tonight. What's the best run you've uh, seen by a Creighton team? Probably probably that or seen played or played in. Played in, uh, probably the run we remember the remember first we played the Paul my sophomore year at Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started, <laughs> that yeah, that was were, crazy. Or you guys were throwing Butler, out all over the gym. Yeah, Butler. Honestly, there was a lot of them. Probably not like that in the moment. The biggest we never, I never did that in the tournament. Five, five is crazy. That's that's yeah, that's crazy, yo. That's hilarious, man. It could even called three timeouts in like two minutes. He, did, he burned all them shits. He burned them all. He burned them all. They didn't even get to – they were – it was like 16 – I think there was like 16.03 left, and they were all gone. He was yelling, be the dudes in the third one. <laughs> he was. <laughs> no, nah, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. Probably. You know what's crazy, yo? Kalkbrenner is a funny guy. Yo, do you, I know you saw him when he came to the bench after a timeout. What? No, you go see ahead, what he said? Uh-uh. I think he's they when they came out of the base second half he started yelling we them dudes we them dudes oh like, no uh-uh. like, <laughs> oh. yeah, I was loving it yo man if he starts talking it. like that's a different dude yeah. when, when I, I was I was laughing when Manaya fouled him hard you know what I mean when he's going for the dunk yeah because Justin Manaya was the but dude who was, he was the dude yesterday saying yeah. I'm DPOY at the, after he blocked those two shots against Butler like I'm DPOY so he was like you know oh he said that he was oh yeah. I'll, I'll send you the clip. Wait, on yeah. Twitter? No, he was in the game. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he, like, looked back at his bench. He's like, I'm DPOY. I'm DPOY. I'm DPOY I'm just, he's a good dude. He, he was, when I was in Miami, I was in Miami this summer training. He was training with me out there. Okay. I like Justin. He's a good dude. Yeah, so, no, I'm but not, like, no, I'm not. Hey, Justin, bro, I'm sorry. This is just business. No, I'm just saying. Just, yeah. If Justin sees him, Justin, Justin, you're not even playing here, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're, you were you were top three for sure, but no, oh, he wasn't sure. top, I'll give I'll even give him top two. I'll even give him top two. Yeah, top one. Yeah, yeah. So like Manaya mm-hmm. fouled him or whatever, and then Carl was like laying on the ground, and he just was like smiling at him, and that was like a you mad smile. Like I I, I got you. Yeah, no, that was you funny. mad. You, you mad? Yeah. It's okay. Like that was that was funny to me. I don't know. So yeah, moving on. 
Uh, Coach Mack really – oh, no, I'm not asking this question. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I read that one before, and I'm like, definitely not asking that on the pod. Oh, uh, yeah, and our last one is uh, who do you want to play, Nova or UConn? So we just talked about that. So that's a wrap. That's it. So, yeah, um, Creighton's in the Big East Championship tomorrow against either Nova or UConn. We're not going to stay up recording until we find out who, so we're going to leave you at that. Um, but, Marcus, my guy, I appreciate you hopping on and giving us your insights and everything. Thank you very much. For sure. For sure. That was that was awesome. Great win. Great, great, great day to be a Blue Jay fan. Honestly, like, this history. Yeah. All this stuff is like a it's, a it's a wild ride, right? Like, people should enjoy it. Like a 30-point a 30, a 30 win on the number one team in the Big East. Like, man, I, that's when never did, happened before, I don't think. Well, okay, so let me ask you one more. Like, when did you like call it? Call it like if you, you know you're a fight fan, so you know when the towel needs to be thrown in. Like you know when the dudes had enough, right? You know, I hate to say it, Lily. When 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 uh, it happened the first half when Arthur got that steal and hit the three. Honestly, I was like, no, this shit, this game over with, yo. Did you really say it that early? It's over. Yo, I swear. When I, so I had a tweet was- ready, but I was like, I ain't gonna tweet this early. Yeah, you don't want to. I don't want to. You can't him. put that. Oh, yeah, you like, can't put that out. Right, 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 right. So he picked Horkler's pocket and then hit that like corner three. You said as a wrap right there, right? Yeah, I just think they had no. I mean, once once the defense was good and they, they was all making shots, I was like, man, like, personally, I really didn't think Providence was that good. Yo. That's just bad. That's what it comes hey, down to, man. Yeah, I'm with you. They're good? Yeah. No, they, they, they earned the number one seed, but like, right. I, I think UConn and Villanova are, are better teams than them. And I, I really did, thought – I, I had Craig win tonight. I was like, Craig's going to win. They yeah. they match up well with them. I was like – and once Arthur was hooping, and I'm like, man, like, I, I just don't see nothing – I don't know how Providence is going to win unless they just, like, play bo- play football like they usually do. Like, mm. And if that – I like, called that early. I don't know when I felt it. I'm trying to think. I think it was – I think Cooley's second time out. Because it came crazy early. And to me, when you're just like – because I'm not in the huddles, you know what I mean? I can't see what's going on from that perspective. So I don't know, like, where guys are at mentally. But he called a quick timeout after that shot clock violation and Creighton kind of padded the lead a little bit more. It got it was like 48-27 or something like that. And then uh, I think Kaluma like, picked Horkler's pocket and they had a run out, like, dunk or layup. And he called another one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, hold yeah. up. I'm like, because that to me, from like the outside looking in, is like you're you're panicking now. Because you because yeah. whatever you needed to say, you just came out of the locker room. So first of all, you just ripped your guys in the locker room, right? You just like you just told them what they need to be here and there. Then you caught a quick timeout, two like ninety seconds into the half, and just told them again something. And then one play later, you're calling another one. Like that's full on panic mode to me. So I'm like, yeah. when that happened. I know it was only a 21-point game, and Providence has come back from that before. But I was like, "This is this is done." Like, there if he's if he's just flinging timeouts at the wall, like he has no idea what's going on out there and why these guys are getting destroyed. Like, that's you know what I mean. So that before the yeah, third yeah. timeout, I was like, "This is a wrap." It's a wrap. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just I mean, once the way Providence wins is they throw it down to Watson and they but they play bully ball, and that wasn't going on with Robert Brandon. and that wasn't what happened. Right. And then they hit like they hit they hit deep deep threes and. Well, uh, Biden comes up the bench, hits deep threes, and AJ Reeves gets hot. Like, that's how they win. And 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 Ryan Hawkins didn't, didn't, wasn't scoring like that. And once and usually Craig wins when Ryan Hawkins got to score like a lot. He right. got to hit a lot. He got he got to hit. Like he got to get his eighteen with his least. 
And he wasn't, he wasn't even like, because because they, because they, I was playing it tough on him. So like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he wasn't hooping like that. I mean, he's playing good, but he wasn't scoring a lot. And they right. were still at 15. I'm like, okay, like, and uh, I, I ain't gonna, I'm a big believer in the basketball guys, yo. They, they dodged smoke. They, they didn't play at Creighton this year. Okay. And they could have. Like yeah. I, I'm a true believer. Like win or lose, that game will only help you down the line. And they, 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 they decided not to play. They were more focused on the pre on the regular season title and not doing what's best for the group. Like that's just that's that's the honest truth. That that really is. Like if I'm a player and I'm I'm on problem, like no, we're playing. Like I don't care. Like it's gonna be good for us in March and April. Like we need to go through this. We need to we need to we need to play. We need to play this game. Like so. That's just me though. Hey, I feel you though. I get it. I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming yeah. from because you didn't dodge smoke, like you said. No, you were, like if you got your ass kicked, you were there to get your ass kicked. Like you were one in the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, exactly. Like go out, go out like Conor McGregor, yo. Front line. Conor gets his ass kicked more than you get your ass kicked, bro. <laughs> you gotta win some. You gotta win some every now and then. I'm just saying. Double chip. Double chip. My <laughs> ass. Double chip my ass. All I know is, hey, look, look, hey, what arena are they playing in right now? Who, who, who sold that big, that, the highest tip paid Jeez. ticket ever in history of that arena right there? Come on. Nate headlined with Masvidal's weak ass at MSG. Hey, when I went Call to MSG, first, said, let's when I went to MSG, whole belt. For- Nate created a whole damn new belt. He said, I'm Yo. the baddest motherfucker. And they, UFC was like, okay, here's a belt, sir. But Connor didn't even create a belt. Yeah. He didn't win the belt though. They, they can create all he wants. He ain't win. Oh, <laughs> uh, ref stop the ref stuff. Yeah, because he got a cut. So a little cut. I know. They was coming. They was coming. They was coming. Exactly. You know. But I, I, all I'm saying is, when I went to freshman fundamentals when I was freshman, they, they yeah. I asked, "What's the highest ticket they ever sold?" It, it was like someone paid fifty five thousand dollars to watch Conor McGregor front row versus what? Eddie Alvarez. Fifty five thousand dollars. Oh my god. Isn't that nuts. That's insane. That's when I knew he's the goat. You're talking about Ali. I mean, obviously, it's a different time, but Ali was in there. Obviously, that one, they would no one was paying that much back then. But 55 grand that's a lot. They would now, Jesus. Yeah, that was off topic though. But uh, no, it's all good. I uh, awesome though. I look forward to tomorrow's game, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's gonna be crazy. Hey, I appreciate you though. I appreciate your time always. Um, thanks for, yep, answering for, sure, questions. for sure. answering questions and giving us your insight, your basketball mind. So, go get some sleep. And we'll uh, thanks for the everybody for tuning in to the podcast. I appreciate you guys always. Um, uh, yep. you know, we'll, talk to, we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Whatever goes down, and we'll uh, preview the NCAA tournament coming up for the Jays. So, yep. thanks everybody. Soon to be biggest chance. Have a good night. Soon to be biggest chance for the Jays. Let's go. Hey, he Maybe called. He heard, you heard the man. You heard the man. Yep. Thanks everybody.